Blog Talk Radio. This is the Change Book Radio Show, global insight and inspiration from life and business. We're brought to you by the fastest growing personal development book series in the world titled The Change. And I'm your host and voice, Stacey Carnaluti, transformational leader and coach, international best-selling author, and founder of High Powered Success Academy and StaceyC.com, The Power to Be. Welcome to The Change. Welcome to the radio show. I am so excited. This is our first episode of this brand new season, and I am Stacy Carnaluti, Stacy C, your voice and host, and I am more than thrilled to introduce our first guest to you today. This is the former radio host who passed the mic on to me because she is moving into some amazing things. So, uh, Deb, are you on the line? I am here. Oh, so happy to have you. All right. Deb Crow has been an entrepreneur since the age of 24. Over the past 28 years, Deb has been consulting, speaking, and coaching in several different sectors and has worked all over the globe. Deb has co-authored three books, is currently co-authoring and finishing her fourth book, as well as her own book. I'm excited to hear about that. Both scheduled to release at the end of 2018. Deb Deb's medical expertise is in neurotrauma. She navigates for her clients and speaks for those who can't. One of Deb's favorite things to do is professional speaking. Deb has spoken all over the world and loves to impact her audience. Deb recently completed her yoga teacher training and feels it is another tool in her work-life integration toolkit. Deb loves people and her energy enthusiasm is in evident is evident, excuse me, in all that she does. I call her fit, fab, and and I want to introduce Deb Crow. Thank you for being on the show today, Deb. Oh, it's it's such an honor and a privilege, and it's such a treat to be on the other side of the mic. So kudos <laughs> to you, my friend. <laughs> it's incredible, so incredible. As I was looking through your website, she has done so much work over the past few months in preparation of this new season, and it's just been so incredible to watch your transformation over the years It was like you made a decision at one point to just go for it and step out of the boat and do what you've never done before and live such a high, high, high life of authentic contribution. We were talking before uh, we came on the air about the multi-passionate preneurs out in the world. It's like we can't hold back. There are so many passions, and I see you living yours to the fullest. So I am just really um, excited for you to share with the audience the things that you're moving into. What would you say would be one of the biggest challenges that you've overcome the last year in up-leveling? I think the biggest challenge was self-acceptance. And I think I really dug deep when I made the decision to become a yoga teacher. If you had asked me two years ago if I was going to be a yoga teacher, I would have laughed at you. And then when a colleague of mine said, you really should become a yoga teacher, like your background and everything you do, and right down to the work that I do at hospice, the executive director tells me that I'm intuitively empathetic. And I really hung on to those words and I wanted to find out why I was intuitively 
empathetic. And I realized that along the year journey in getting my yoga teacher training because yoga is all about self-acceptance. And I think once we hit middle age, and I'm, and I'm a young 52, I think we get to a point where we just have self-acceptance. I think there's some inner healing that we all do on different levels. But more importantly, I just love who I am every day. And I say that in complete confidence without ego. And I start my day with meditation. I start my day with movement. And I always keep in the forefront that my role is to serve others. And it doesn't matter what that role is because when we up-level at middle age, what are we doing? We are all-encompassing of all the different skills, abilities, schooling, experience, and, and that's why I love using the term multipreneur. So for me, up-leveling has kind of a few answers, but I think the biggest one is self-acceptance, which I think is the umbrella of everything of who I am as a woman and an entrepreneur. I love that. I love that. You know, you have a great appreciation for intellectual stimulating conversation. (laughs) I know that you love a great conversation. And I know that that happens only when people show up knowing that they have something of value to contribute. And I want you to know that every time I've been in conversation with you, you will not allow me to shrink. You have this way about you that empowers other people to rise up and show up in such a big, full way. And I, um, I have felt the power of that, um, whatever that, it's a presence. I mean, I know what that is. It's your presence that um, challenges other people to show up and um, play big in life. And I just appreciate that so much in you. And like you said, self-acceptance is that thing that allows us to really see the value that we have to contribute in the world. And it's just, it's just beautiful and inspiring. Um, as you step into this next level, I know that before the end of the year, you are releasing another collaboration. You're releasing your own book. You've got a, a women's conference, your very first women's conference that I know has been kind of brewing in you for many, many years. Um, and you're also starting your own self-care podcast. And I just think that you have got some serious inspiration in you. And I want to know what is the reason why, what is your compelling reason or the inspiration that's moving you? It continues to compel you to serve at high levels and to love people with such um, sincerity. What is your inspiration? My inspiration, and I know that you will probably align with me on this is as a life coach, We as women and as coaches and as moms and as wives, we're very hard on ourselves. We have this, I call it uh, an electrifying DNA approach to wanting to be perfection 24-7. And it's it's a one-way street going nowhere. So my grit, my inspiration is I want women to celebrate who they are. I want them to lift each other up. I want them to talk kind about each other. I want them to support each other. I want them to embrace their health and well-being. I want them to get up in the morning and look in that mirror and and marvel at who they are. 
And, you know, in the middle of July, it's just funny you asked me this. I thought, I need to just step out there. And I posted a picture of myself in a bikini. And I framed it in such a way to say, self-care is about looking after you. It had nothing to do with me being in a bikini. It was me saying, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a yoga teacher. It doesn't matter. What I wanted to show them was that the self-care that I give to myself every day is not only foundational, but it's paramount to who we are as women. It's not about being the fittest, the skinniest, the most toned, having the nicest tan, because everybody you see in a magazine, whether they're inside the magazine or on the cover, I can guarantee you that Photoshop was involved. And I don't like that lack of authenticity because I don't think it's sending a good message out to the younger generation. So mm. that is where my love is, is coming for that. My, my book coming out is with another co-author in The Change, uh, Susan Sharp, and we are writing on midlife wisdom because I hate the term midlife crisis. It's negative. It's got animosity. And at 52, I mean, I feel like I'm 32. And then my, my own book that I'm doing on my own is all about self-care, and it's going to segue with my podcast, which is going to be a self-care podcast. And I want it to be a hub for women to have a place to go to learn compensatory strategies or when they're feeling low. And I know a lot of successful women, including myself. The more success that you have – the less friendships you have. And that's something that I really want to talk about and put out there because I have very successful mentors in both Canada and the U.S. And it does get lonely when you start becoming successful because people look at you in a different eye. And I just really want to break down that barrier so that, again, I go back to those key points of we need to celebrate each other and lift each other up because we joked before we went live that, you know, we have those butterflies when we're going to talk or we're going to coach or doing a radio show. And those butterflies are really important because they always remind us on a cognitive level that we are faith-filled women. And those butterflies are there to remind you that your ego has no presence. It's okay to step out and be who you are because that's what people resonate with, authenticity, transparency. Oh, you have just shared so much. I remember, I'm going to go back to the beginning where you talked about the post in the bikini. It was, I saw that and it was so beautiful and it was so aligned with your work in the earth right now and your values and your passions and your message. That is the message that your life is preaching. I think all of us preach a message without even realizing what it is, you know, but when you stepped out and did that, it was speaking to that very thing. We are multi. We have got so many things going on in life that putting on a bathing suit and being a wife and a mother and a, an amazing entrepreneur and a, a best friend and a, a friend to the world, a friend, you know, to contribute everywhere we go. It was just I don't know. It was just so powerful, so beautiful, beautiful picture of acceptance. And then, um, you know, this whole big thing about the butterflies, like, are you doing something that scares you every day? I like the challenge of stepping out and into something that gives you the butterflies, that makes you have to trust and um, believe that, that you're supported. And I've 
as I've worked with executives, I, I moved into executive coaching a while back, and um, that is one of the, the, the common denominators among the successful is to feel alienated or unsupported and, um, you know, getting them back to that place of how can we support one another and encourage one another and lift one another up. So the work that you're doing is so needful in the world today. I love it. What was the the turning point? You know, we all have these places in our story, these times, these moments of um, kind of just decisions, these moments where we make a decision to live out the dream or the truth of who we are instead of compromising and getting complacent. What would you say has been a turning point in your life? Uh, my oldest daughter got in a car accident in June of 2013 and sustained a head injury. And here I am, a neurotrauma specialist. And my first question was, okay, God, I know you only give us what we can handle, but wow, like this is close to home. And what I realized was that I needed to step into that branding that I had been out marketing and coaching and doing. And I had to model a behavior of grit and tenacity to show my daughter that the brain injury is what happened to her. It's not who defines her. And fast forward five years later, and she's just moved to our nation's capital in Ottawa, Canada, and she's going to do her honors undergrad in cognitive science. She has some permanent deficits, but her mom modeled a behavior to show her how to cope with those and still be autonomous and live with a brain injury and manage her symptoms. And self-care was a big part of that. And it's just opened up kind of a marriage of my old medical world with my new world with yoga and self-care. And I now see work-life integration through a different set of eyes because I am the client that I have and I can just offer even more relatability, intuitive, empathetic emotion. And it just gives me, I think my virtue of patience increased a hundredfold. I've always said that I'm a good listener. Now I think I'm an exceptional listener. And I just think that it happened to me so that I could be even better at who I, who I have been in the same capacity, but again, with new tools in my toolkit. Yeah, that is amazing. You know, there is a scripture in the Bible that talks about if you are wise, you are wise unto yourself. And I've seen time and again how this wisdom comes to us and we write about it and we share it with others. And then there comes a time in our life when we get tested to prove and to let that uh, word be embodied in our own life at such a deep, deep level. After I wrote Egypt to Canaan, I thought that I had already walked that book out and I had at at a certain level, but now I'm walking out that book at, (laughs) at a level that I would have never imagined. And so I think that our own words, our own uh, revelation, our own understandings um, get tested and and deepen us and grow us and stretch us in ways that we can't even imagine. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. How is your daughter doing today? 
She just moved uh, three weeks ago. Um, so she's six hours away now, but she's independent. She's tenacious. She's mm. got autonomy. She, you know, she doesn't drive anymore, but she knows how to use the bus. She knows how to use Uber. And she's going to go on and do her academic study in cognitive science and further her own knowledge about neurotrauma and injury with her own injury. So how relatable will she be to the people she will eventually work with? Yeah, it's just beautiful. So beautiful. How do you challenge others, your clients in particular, to overcome, to understand that challenge has to be present in order for change, lasting change, to um, come about? How do you keep them on course and in action? I think the first thing that I, I do as a coach is I, I always tell them that growth comes from the valley. And whenever we have those setbacks or we have anxiety or fear, I have to have them embrace where they are. So I join them in the valley. We are totally present to how we feel because you can't have any kind of change until you accept the challenge and also put all the emotions that come with that challenge on the table. And then you peel it back and you find out where those emotions are coming from. And that's why I always love that growth comes from the valley. And all those Mm -hmm. challenges, I don't like to use the word failure because I think failure is just really challenges and barriers. And Mm -hmm. we talk about how we got there and why we got there and what we're going to learn from that and what we can take and transfer skill-wise to get out of the valley to move on. And it's always that, again, not to sound cliche or Oprah on you, but it's that aha moment. And And then they get it. But you don't help them get it unless you can join them and embrace and share your own story. Because I think as a coach, going back to that authenticity piece and being transparent, we didn't get to where we are without our challenges and our barriers and our feelings of failure and and being inept. That's just part of human emotion. Where the gold nuggets are, are showing them as an executive coach that we embrace those. And it's how we look at things and how we process them, but more importantly, how we choose to react. That's how you get out of the valley. And Mm -hmm. just realizing that the only person you're really in competition with is yourself. Amen. Amen. We're all being called to places that we've never been before. And that's what we fear. You know, fear is an illusion, but fear is just the unknown. That's all we really are scared of. And so the most powerful words that God ever, you know, put in the in the Bible, that's my place where I go for wisdom and inspiration, along with everything else. But but those words, I am with you. And I know that that has moved me in my coaching business as well. When we know that somebody is with us, we've got a Moses, we've got a Joshua, we've got, we've got this um, connection to somebody else that's willing to go with us through the valley, to, to get to the other side, to be that person who um, has our back, that walks beside us and becomes the leader or cleans up our messes behind us, whatever it is, but that support um, and that knowing that we're not alone is so extremely powerful. I love that. You know, there's a message that your life is preaching all the time. And I, you know, as I look at you, I I see so um, 
just such a wealth of um, just rich, just richness, just treasure. And as we grow in years and we grow in experience, we also grow in depth and those roots go so, so, so deep in order to enable the branches to reach out even further, you know? So I see your audience growing. I see your, your client reach growing. I see you so um, equipped to reach so many people and it just, uh, it's just thrilling. It's just thrilling to see. I want you to share with us what you want people to know about you or what you want to be remembered as or by? Well, I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned about, you know, the audience growing, but I have to be again, transparent with you. I'm, I just serve others every day and I don't get caught up in likes or followers because the only person that I need to really honor each day is myself and I do that every morning. I meditate in the morning. I meditate at night. And as long as I have everything straight of who I am and what I choose to do each day, that to me is, is such balance. Um, the legacy that I want to leave for my children is to just be a good person and to always serve others. Uh, my Irish Nana used to say to me, if I do what I love and I, and I do it with love, that the money will always come. And I've never had lack. I've never been alone, similar to you. I know that he is always with me. And just folding back in what I said about success. Um, Success can be lonely, but I spent a lot of time alone as a kid. So really honed that that's not such a bad thing. I I love being alone. I, I love having my head in a book every day. And I just really embrace those moments and love, especially now, unplugging from technology because you and I didn't grow up with this. So, you know, I don't need to have my iPhone with me 24-7. I love unplugging. Um, I delegate as much as I can to my assistant to help me. And I don't have to be on and accessible all the time. And and all of those I, I want my children to see, but... The biggest piece, I think, is um, I'd love people to come to my funeral and say, you know, mm. I was a happy person, I made them smile, and I loved serving others, because I truly do. Yes, amen, amen. And, you know, that is the reach. That's the ultimate quest, is that there are no boundaries anymore. There is no niche. You're loving people. You're compelled by love. You're moved to serve everybody everywhere you are and that is the ultimate i believe um quest is to be love and i see that in you it's it's just beautiful i'm wondering before we go we only have just a a minute left but i'm wondering if you could maybe take us into a a meditation just a minute or so of a a morning meditation that you practice that you start your day with what do you think I would love to do that. Okay, awesome. I would just have everybody sit comfortably in their chair, and I always have people put their arms to the side of their chair with their fingers open. That's called mountain pose in yoga. It's very powerful, and your feet are grounded. And just take a deep breath and exhale. And just close your eyes and just allow yourself to be present to the moment. 
whatever this moment means for you, whatever you need to have served back to yourself in this moment. And if your mind tends to wonder or you're just thinking a lot of thoughts, just take yourself back to your breath and just inhale and exhale at your own pace. And I just choose to be present in the day that is ahead for me. I welcome anyone who may land in my past today, whether that may be physically or digitally, whether it be a phone call or a text message. I truly believe and stay open that there are no coincidences, that we are meant to align with certain people. And sometimes it may just be for that one encounter. Sometimes it may be to develop a relationship or sometimes it just may be someone above helping you to see a lesson that you might have blinded eyes to see. I ask that this day gives me opportunity to learn, to be better, and to also always encompass and give myself time, like the present, to meditate, to move, to be fit on a physical level, an emotional level, a cognitive level. And just allow yourself to be kind to you and not have expectations that aren't realistic. And just do the best that you can today. And even though you may have scheduled things for the whole day, just again, be kind and mindful that what you don't get done today is not a measurement. It doesn't mean it's your final outcome. It means that you've progressed through the day to the best of your ability and you can move whatever is not completed today till tomorrow. So just allow yourself to be mindful, to align your mind with your heart in all that you do today. And I ask that you take another deep breath and open your eyes. And I always end my meditation with the same way that I end my yoga practice. And I say to you, the light in you is the light in me. Namaste. Namaste. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. No limits in that place, from that place. I want to encourage you to visit Deb over at her website, debcrow.com. You can download her manifesto, which is fabulous. I love it. You can print it out and keep it before your eyes. Um, you can also join her Fab Fit tribe on the website, and you can sign up for her annual, her first annual women's conference. It's going to be a self-care conference. It's going to blow your mind. So I am excited about all you're doing. And I just want to thank you listeners for showing up today and listening in. And I want to remind you that all you are ever really up against is a thought and you have the power to change that. So I thank you for joining us today and I'll see you next time on the Change Book Radio Show.